Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Organon, the official podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data, insights, and change. According to the website Save the Internet, net neutrality is defined as the Internet's guiding principle. It preserves our right to communicate freely online. Net neutrality means an Internet that enables and protects free speech. On December 17th, 2017, 2000, uh, December 14th, rather, the FCC approved an order which dismantled the agency's 2015 net neutrality rules, relinquishing authority over internet service providers and clearing the way for potential blocking and discrimination by the U.S.'s largest phone and cable companies. On today's episode, we come together to answer the question, what does this all mean and why is net neutrality so important to free speech in the modern world? Recording from New York City, we have myself, Carl Letamendi, and Jasmine Letamendi is actually out sick today. And recording from Los Angeles, we have... Hey there, Casey Shap. And Courtney Hirose. Courtney, take it away. So net neutrality, just in my space, since I do advertising online, is kind of like a big thing. Um, We've been talking about it at work. We've kind of just been keeping a pulse on it just for the overall impact. But what was interesting to me is talking to like my friends and my family outside of just my a normal day-to-day person who's kind of in the workforce, they really had no idea. And that's kind of astounding to me, just given the fact of the potential impact of it. So kind of to summarize it succinctly, it's really where now internet providers can create different packages or swim lanes or just overall speed lanes in terms of what you can access potentially charging you to access like your favorite websites instead of you having instead of you having it just freely and being able to search or go on to whatever sites that you want so now they now they can charge you a premium um and instead of like your phone bill where you can call whoever you want and it's the same price it's going to be more like your cable where if you want to access let's say i don't know like a google or a facebook it's not part of your base package, you would have to upgrade potentially and charge more. I think the reason why the FCC is supporting the elimination of net neutrality is because they say it's going to increase competition overall, which makes it more competitive in like underdeveloped areas where now they have the potential to afford the internet because now they can lower prices for people that don't necessarily have access and then ramp it up for other people who want some access. So it's kind of, that's, I believe that the case they're coming from, but given how greedy I would say normal businesses are, I don't know if it's really going to be that way, given there's only a few competitors in the market. So I don't know how much just the competition play is going to bake into the factors of everything. What do you think, Casey? How do you think it's going to affect your day to day? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It, pretty it sucks like just imagine that companies can you know control your speech by let's say if you're an lgbt community or like if you have a political opinion that they don't like well they can slow that down and impact your like impact your decision for that like i know like in marriage like oh well we're pretty open we're free da 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 but it's just these one little steps that's making us you know, it's kind of, we're feeling like we're sheeps. I think, I feel like the more and more we hear about the news, the more and more I feel like a sheep. That's just hurting us around. 
Carl. Yeah, so I came across this advertisement for um, a Portuguese. Um, like it, it's it's kind of like how how I define it because this whole thing about net neutrality is kind of new to me because we just kind of take it for granted, right? Since the internet became a public thing, nineteen ninety four through nineteen ninety six, it just kind of evolved from there, and we just recognize it as kind of like this database with a bunch of websites that we all have access to equally, and we don't really have to pay anything other than um, whatever it is that we pay our internet service provider. But I found this advertisement of a Portuguese company that sells, um, <clears throat> they're an internet service provider, and they provide different tiers of prices for different services. Um, so for instance, if you're only doing messaging like Skype, WhatsApp, or um, iPhone messaging, you pay five euros per month. But then if you want to do like social media you have to pay another five euros per month for facebook instagram um or for um linkedin for example it's another five um if you also want video like netflix and youtube you pay another five euros and then music is five more euros for for like soundcloud spotify email also you pay another five for that so it's kind of like like it's kind of the the access to different types of categories of um, of websites is limited. So what I'm thinking is like what what is that like? Let's say the internet didn't exist and we just have like you know and a world w without an internet for now. Like if you think of different like anything that should be like free, for example, or that should be kind of like a like a public commodity. And you try to tier that it just makes it like another situation where people who can afford it more have access to it as opposed to just being this at this thing that's free so think imagine going to the library and there's like five floors in the library and you can only afford your first floor but you can't afford to get into the second floor then it's like oh i'm sorry that floor is only reserved for people who have paid to get access to the second floor so that's kind of like one way that I that I definitely see it. And I know in Colombia, for example, WhatsApp has been like a huge success because you um, in, in Colombia, there's very few cell phone companies. Um, one is called Tigo and then I another one is called Claro um, and I forget the rest. But basically, the, um, they, they don't have like T-Mobile or Sprint how we have here where it's just unlimited all the time it's it's by minutes and i'm sure in many other places in the world it's like that too where it's by by the minute and it also has some sort of agreement with the the uh, ground phone companies too so if you're a cell phone you can only call certain um ground phones if you're a house phone you can't call a cell phone on, unless it's this company so it's kind of controlled in a way whereas here in the u.s if you have home phone service you just call whoever you want and it doesn't affect you in any kind of way so um the, the more i learn about this whole net neutrality thing it's kind of worrisome because it it's it's it limits access to something that i perceive is a, a public commodity in my opinion something that should be free well what's scary for me is really the corporate power and i don't trust corporations because they are more of it but money and they do stuff that actually harms the public in the long run. So I'll give you a really good case example that's happening right now that, you know, people are not really talking about. So a couple of years back, Facebook had a deal with uh, Duarte, the dictator of Philippines, 
um, to build high speed, like to build a cable in the, in to the Philippines for high speed internet. So in return for that deal, Facebook trained Duarte and his team to you may basically like analyze Facebook data. And that's what he's using to bully his quote unquote enemies who disagree with him. So now to the point where people cannot speak in, in on Facebook, even if they don't do drugs, even though they're law-abiding citizens, because they can't even voice the dissent because he'll target them and he'll like jail them. Hmm. And you know, like this is a deal directly from Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg. You know, like we think them was like, oh my god, he's awesome, he's like a spirit, he's like he's, like innovative. But he's doing these kind of shitty deals that, you know, impacting people's political ability to speak and to you know, have a voice. And I think what, when companies have power, they don't want us to be smart or be articulate or be you have voice of grievance. They want us to spend money and be sheeps. So this net neutrality is just insane. Like, what the fuck? You know? Mm-hmm. I just like, why are you guys doing policies that are hurting us in the long run? Mm-hmm. It just, I don't feel, why do we need more money? Like, why should companies make more profit? Like, how is this going to incentivize? This is just, why do we need to, incentiv- to incentivize? Don't we have enough wealth as it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We only have wealth in a certain percentage of the population. <laughs> Not everywhere. Sorry, Carl, Carl, you're saying something. Well, I think this has it ha- this has to be some sort of backdoor deal that someone in the government is benefiting from insanely because, I mean, you would expect that the government behaves um, in accordance to what is considered the greater good of, for the public, and I can't I can't think of how this move is in any way, shape, or form beneficial to the well being of the public. Well, so is taxes, and nobody cares. The tax reform well, bill. Well, I can I can argue about that because, like, whenever whenever you get a paycheck, you'll see that you you'll have your your medic your um. Medicaid. Oh, I don't mean that tax. I mean the new tax bill that supposedly helped the middle class when it doesn't really help the middle class at all. Hmm. No, I don't know. I don't know enough about that to formulate an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so a lot of um a lot of limitations are um are being raised and a lot of a lot of red flags. So there's this cool website called SaveTheInternet.com and it's a it's presented by Free Press and it talks about how um like not having net neutrality can also um you know like like how how you guys were saying that it gives the major companies like AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, the ability to call shots or to decide like which websites or contents, what content is actually um, presented. And, you know, like this, this whole notion of controlling what gets presented is kind of scary to me, just like how if I don't know if you guys are aware, but the CDC recently this week came up with a list of words that are forbidden from use. And one of those is the word transgender. They're not allowed to use the word transgender anymore or the word diversity. Hmm. 
That's kind of scary. Which is kind of, yeah. So it's just like in- inhibiting, like anything that infringes free speech, it feels like outside of the, you know, out, like vi- a violation of our First Amendment, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know how this is, how this is all happening. Like usually whenever, whenever you, whenever you see people trying to make a petition against guns, for example, you'll see people rallying saying hey let's protect our second amendment right but with this going on like the gutting of net neutrality it's surprising to see that we don't have a bunch of people protesting against violation of first amendment rights i think there are a lot of people protesting it just hasn't been like a physical form it's more on the internet kind of ironically um (laughs) but i think what's important for everyone to know is that they should still be talking to Congress because there's still an opportunity for it to be knocked down. It's not necessarily over. So I think just what Carl mentioned with Save the Internet, like if you go on sites like that and just call your representative, there's you still have a chance to have a voice because it's still there and it's not like fully in effect yet. I think mm-hmm. it's going to take a couple of weeks. So it's really up to everyone to kind of be more politically involved. I would say this year I've probably been way more politically involved than I have been previously, but it's kind of right now the current situation forces everyone to pay more attention because it's more important because not not because there weren't important things previously, but there's just an immediate effect on kind of your day-to-day that hasn't been as large, I would say, in previous years. Like it's going to immediately affect what you're doing and date because everyone's on the internet like we're gonna have to pay for the skype phone call maybe in the next couple of months who really knows and then it really impacts the small business to medium business owners where we're kind of a startup and now if we have these extra costs of doing these things we can't just do a free podcast now we might have to charge for our podcast because it comes out of our pocket and that's kind of not really what we would want to do as a nonprofit. just given we're kind of looking out for the good of the people Mm -hmm. so yeah so do you like you you raise a point about like being politically active i i have i always come to the table thinking that being engaged through social media politically is not like it doesn't really count as much you know because you can you can retweet and and share things that you see on your wall but I mean, the the thing that's going to generate action is actually going out there and taking that extra step, calling your Mm -hmm. your state representatives and, you know, and trying to really like um, make noise that way. Mm -hmm. So to me, retweeting something on social media is like wiggling the branches, but getting out there is like shaking the whole tree. Yeah. Mm, I, agree. I don't know. I think they're all the same. It's awareness <laughs> at the end of the day. I don't believe in calling your state's representative. One, we live in a very liberal state and they believe us what we're saying anyway. And two, I just feel like then the concern is um you know, is to is their stakeholders, the one that's paying them to be in office, mm-hmm. not the people. Like we're always an afterthought. I think if politicians really, really care about the people they serve we wouldn't have such crazy policies that are out right now that actually hurts people. You know? I think, yeah, I think it's dependent on who they're serving because there's a subset to your point about the corporations and we're not that have majority power. So it's kind of like those are the people that are tied with everything. 
-hmm. but I guess that's a reality of currently what we're in right now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was flipping through the like the TV a couple years ago, and I remember they were making fun of um, of millennials who were Bernie Sanders supporters, mm -hmm. uh, and they were like. Um, Hey, so did you vote yet? And then that the millennial was like, "Yeah, I voted on Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, but it's kind of like they they think that that's that's the extent of our like political involvement is just social media, and it's it's like it's um, I don't know, it's not it's not real world. It's like virtual. It's not. It doesn't count. I also think. Um, I think the net neutrality will be in our favor because of this. First, it's a lot harder to take away a perceived rights than it is to create new rights. So, for example, um, unlimited data plan, right? That was a constructed rights that we started having mm -hmm. in the phone bill, right? The phone and people willing to monetize that because they never consider that like that they consider that as a luxury not as a necessity mm -hmm. i feel like with net neutrality people um are viewing as an as a necessity rather than a luxury that's something mm -hmm. that we own and that's a right um and right now it's not it's not guaranteed law they're being sued right now the fcc is being sued and i'm pretty sure it's gonna be taken to the supreme court mm -hmm which I hope would turn in our favor because it, it's in the end, it's like, um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting case. It right. would be an interesting case. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of feels like we'd be going in that direction of those countries that block certain websites because the government says so. Except ours is you have to pay for it. Right. <laughs> it's not just blocked. You have well, to pay actually, a premium for well, it. Well, in, in New York, they, they replaced um, most of the pay phones and they put up these um, like vertical structures and it, mm -hmm. they, they're all uh, free Wi-Fi hotspots. And well, that's cool. if you don't have um, if you don't have like a wireless device, they have a tablet on the screen. <laughs> And you can access like social services. You can check your email, and you can also make free VoIP uh, calls on it. Um, can you surf the internet? Yeah, you can surf the internet on it. And by there's a um, we have this thing called Port Authority, the Port Authority bus terminal, which is where Jasmine and I used to um, come through every day. And if you you probably heard on the news that there was a guy that attempted a suicide bomb last week uh -huh. um, on, on it, and um, they they had the there's a lot of homeless people near Port Authority bus terminal just because the bathrooms are are really big they can you know wash up there and and whatnot and the terminals that they had over there and by terminals I mean the Link NYC um, tablets that they had they I think they stopped providing the internet service or they started to control it because a lot of people were accessing porn on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So they had to they had to stop that. But you know you could still access Wi-Fi for free if you if you stand near one of these structures and like I, like I said make phone calls or the internet and whatnot. And that's kind of like a, a good example of the city providing uh, free access to this public commodity to the people. Yeah, you bring up. I think there was another article that was released recently. I forgot where it was, but 
there was an issue with like people going into public libraries and watching porn around like and then parents were upset because their kids and were not were kind of around and as long as their hands were on the table it was like quote unquote okay so i think it's interesting because the library's case was oh we can't hinder free speech or whatever so they can look at whatever they want because it's a public computer and then we have net neutrality where now people are going to control what you watch because now you have to pay for it so issues like that are they like non-issues because as long as you have to pay for it then it's okay it just seems very backwards in the terms of like okay well we're gonna take your child's mind but probably now since we have to pay an extra 25 dollars or whatever in order to get that we're not going to offer at a public library anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. Yeah. Hmm. So, all right. So flash forward, like to the year 2020, let's say, and l- let's imagine that this net neutrality thing passes and that company, like the major companies like AT&T, Comcast, Verizon actually do stop like either blocking services or access to certain websites or that they start charging like an insane amount of money for streaming like through Netflix for example cuz right now Netflix is like what 8 bucks per a month or 8, eight to 10 dollars a month and you don't have to pay you know like per you know for, for the data use of that unless of course you you're streaming through your cell phone and then it eats up from your data plan but like imagine that uh, like what phone companies? Do you, what, what internet companies do you guys have? I have Spectrum. Spectrum. Or, I have yeah. Spectrum too. Casey, what do you have? Oh, I can't hear you, Casey. Yeah, I have Spectrum too. Spectrum. Me too. All right, so the three of us have Spectrum. So let's say that Time Warner Spectrum starts to charge like an extra forty bucks a month for streaming netflix how would you guys handle that would you guys just pay it or would you process in some some kind of way by doing some alternate thing i can do a lot of reading i got that kind of money i think like what starts out is slowly if this passes are you gonna say the first five years it's like very very minor minute changes so we can get acclimated to you know, monetizing the internet. And then it goes nuts. So I don't think you're going to see anything soon, but then after a while, people get used to the fact that money is monetized. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, think of any major trend like bottled water. We now, we think it's like, oh yeah, bottled water, it's fine. That's not what people who first was introduced to thought of at first, you mm-hmm. know? And what else has been monetized? Uh, well, land has been monetized. Um, so it's like from a capitalist system, it makes sense to monetize the internet because it's something that people are using. Yeah. You know, like AT&T and Verizon and Comcast, they're like the, the rare world and oil of the days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's the a same. Point. Yeah. They're like monopolizing. It's the same stuff that's happening back then but now they have fancy lawyers and they're pretty good with manipulating us Mm -hmm. yeah because like i'll tell you that like one of one of my i guess protests against the the cable companies several years ago was to just decide to not 
do the um the whole like pay for cable thing right uh, eventually i convinced myself there's a whole bunch of channels where i can get the content that i want to see like the like my daily local news and i have the internet which i can use to watch movies so i therefore i don't need to have like a cable box with access to a thousand channels and the latino channels which i don't watch so i stopped you know i returned the cable box one day and then i was like i don't need it and then that's it i just started paying like 30 40 bucks a month for just internet access and that's it and uh, and i've been that way for for several years but i kind of think that a lot of these companies that also have cable service like access to hbo and showtime and all these other like um like pay to view kind of uh, services are like rebelling against us for ha- for doing the streaming thing by doing that you know by kind of entertaining the whole gutting of net neutrality conversation hmm. interesting I also also think like this like anti like you know like there's always people gonna rebel it in some way and they're always like it's the Napster Napster and uh LimeWire and what's the uh what is it? The uh Kazaa Kaza of the day. You know, to you know like <laughs> Courtney, that was our streaming service back in our day. Uh, yeah. I'm not like, that much younger <laughs> than you guys. no but the thing is i can't think of the one we torrent yeah i couldn't think of torrent for today i can only think of (laughs) like what is it limewire you know like there's a i think there's a push and pull that people always rebel when they're given the chance they always go out of the way i mean think of it bitcoin is the reaction to the standardized monetized system of the Yes, hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's gone now. Wait. Maybe Skype was trying to block us from talking. So you I were know, talking. It sounded like water. It was a calming noise. You were <laughs> Sorry, talking. So you were talking about Bitcoin, Casey. Can I inject my opinion about Bitcoin? You go for it. Bitcoin is used in the deep web to purchase things like guns and pro and like slaves and also to fund terrorism so yes it's kind of like a totally it's a totally unregulated thing but it's a very scary thing and and it's sad to see that so many people are investing in bitcoin my opinion well people use real money to buy all the stuff anyway as well yeah but bitcoin is is like untraced because if you're using it in the deep web then it's not traced you know, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, 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 people, I think, I mean, people still use regular money to do that stuff anyway. You know, like, it's just a means for doing something that people, you know, kind of interesting. Do you think people are naturally evil? I think I people like are we- naturally self-serving. What were you going to say, Courtney? I feel like Casey likes to bring up this point all the time just to comment on how evil everyone is, just naturally. What? Every week. Every week we bring us up once. I think it's just because people are naturally evil. And then no, Casey goes Carl. on about that's empathy. Carl. I don't think people are evil. 
I'm just asking. What my say. my default like pessimism towards people's behavior. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anyway, I don't think this net neutrality is a complete like. I don't think it's set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it because was there a net neutrality before Obama? Mm, like you mean? I don't it, know if it was considered. You know, I think just, it was just like flat, and then Obama determined that the internet should be neutral, and this is kind of like the counter argument to it now that we're in the new administration. So, I don't think it was questioned before. I don't think it was like a quote unquote issue. Like I don't think yeah. anyone considered it yet. You know, what I realized like having a change in administration can have so much impact on our society. Mm-hmm. You mean like the executive power, just they have so much control, like too much control, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's what well, the internet providers want this kind of repeal to be made into law so it can't be switched in the new administration or it'll be harder to be switched in the new administration. So it's kind of... It swings. Everything swings. Or do you do you think that this is all like a distraction of some other law that's being passed behind the scene? Yeah, the Could tax be. bill. Yeah, you think this is like a distraction for the tax bill? I think both are very prevalent. There's so many things to call your senator or congress for like nowadays, like Jesus Christ, there's just not enough issues you have to be aware of. Yeah. Everybody's a politician in 2017. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. All right. So we're just about at that 30 minute mark. Do you guys want to wrap up the episode and go to the bottom line? Sure. Sure. All right. So let's rock, paper, scissor to see who gets the question. All right. So we have our hands up and let's do rock, paper, scissor, shoot. Oh, it's so, a tie. Yeah. That's so. true. That's never happened before, right? <laughs> <laughs> Usually Jasmine's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah to the strength of one symbol. Yeah. All right. So let's go one more time because we each did one rock, one paper, one scissor. All right. Rock, okay. paper, scissor, shoot. Oh, it's Courtney. Yeah, Courtney okay. has it. I'll go. Um, as if net neutrality is knocked down and we're stuck with having to pay more let's say, in the next two weeks. What is your immediate action? Carl. My immediate action, if my internet service provider were to, like, increase my, um, like, my rate significantly, what I would do is I would probably cancel the internet service and then just use and upgrade um, my T-Mobile data plan to unlimited and and that's it and then i would just use the my phone internet for accessing the web and i'd probably just be a little more uh conservative about using um like well if i have unlimited then i can use unlimited social media anyway on my phone so i would just do social media on my phone and then i would probably just use um like maybe my work uh email and also make a few extra trips to the library for when i really need you know, to do like hardcore research or something like that. So that would be my immediate protest. I would probably just cancel 
the my my main internet service provider. Wouldn't your phone increase too, though? Because wouldn't T-Mobile have to pay for the increased internet access? Well, maybe, but I think the internet service provider would be the first to jack the price up. So at least mm. giving them that sense that oh crap, we're losing customers could be a good way of 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 having them restabilize what prices should be. I see. Cool, Casey. Um, you know what I was thinking. Nope. Companies don't need companies don't need net neutrality to make a profit. So the fact that we're paying for internet is in itself already paying to the service, like internet. So I think, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I'm not sure if the argument for neutrality is what we really should focus on is because we're all paying for internet. They're just, we're just, I don't know what I'm thinking. I so, a thought, so, you're, so, you're, so I guess what you're saying is that we already don't have net neutrality because we have to pay for it. It's just kind of like we're already in like the third or fourth step in the longer process. Yeah, it's just a point now. It's like, oh, should we pay for a throttle or not? And we think, oh, my God, if they're paying for throttle, that means that we're net internet is not free. But the truth is we have to pay to get, get into the internet. So that, that barrier of like net neutrality has already been like penetrated i think it's more like the access of information like imagine you can't go to wikipedia anymore because it's part of the premium plan so guess you're stuck you have to go to the library and look at encyclopedia well if they like uh, <laughs> lock my gay porn sites then i'm gonna be protesting <laughs> that's probably what you're gonna do casey <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go on the street <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, um, just kidding, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I would cancel my plan because I would the protest and I'll figure like ways to hack it. Just because, like, if they're gonna go out of the way to piss us off, I'm gonna go out of my way to piss them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Um, from my perspective, I'd probably figure out different ways that I can get internet. So if the public library is where it's the only way I can go on the internet for free. Or if I just have to go into the office every day and stay a little longer, then I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. But I think everyone will, to your guys' point, will find their quirks to be able to access the information that they need. And everyone will have to be a little more creative. It's just unfortunate that that creativity is something that we all have to think about now. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens. And everyone should be part of the conversation. And that's kind of just my bottom line. <laughs> And they all live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Casey, Casey's not giving us a quote today because uh, he'll have to pay for it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who <laughs> quotes? Extra 25 cents. not cheap. You mm-hmm. got to pay for the quotes now, boo. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been a great and interesting discussion. And now we turn to our listeners. What do you think about net neutrality and rescinding it? Any topics you'd like to hear on the show, want to join us on an upcoming episode, send us your thoughts at info at ologyresearchgroup.org and also make sure to check us out on Twitter at Twitter handle Ology Research. Take care. 